So here's a little disclaimer before we get things started. 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 Before we get things started. serenade you with the song. <laughs> I want to run to food. Same job. I want to run to food. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is all I have. While you were swaying like a stinger. Yes. Um, <laughs> I am the captain. All right, y'all. Who else is? All right, we are back and we are black. Um, I am Musa. I am Josh. And it's our podcast, child. What's up? Hey, bitch. <laughs> all right. So I, I know that you, 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 you've all like, you're probably like, oh my god, like two episodes consecutive weeks. Child, don't worry about it. We'll be back on our bullshit soon. Because right, there won't be one next week. <laughs> Okay, so Josh, while you're that was a very dainty sip, Josh. Uh, Thank you. How are you? I am swell. It is well with my soul. <laughs> That's good. It is. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm doing good. Um, mental health is doing all right this week. I ain't have to cuss nobody out. Yeah. The Lord is high above the heavens, just like Kimberell's wig, and um, <gasps> we'll get into that later. Yes, we will. <laughs> we will. But um, yeah, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> you know what? I have to say this, and not just because you're in the room. It is good to record with you. This is therapy for me because you know how my week has been. Yes, child. It has been a week. So I took a few days off for vacation, and I haven't been doing much vacaying. I've just been at the house playing The Sims, mm-hmm. uh, building mansions upon mansions. <laughs> child, what I saw today was not a mansion, but all It right. wasn't, but it, listen, but what I'm about to move <laughs> into is t- tonight. When I, listen, so because... I think I might just, I'm going to take tomorrow off too. Um, I should get some sleep because I've been sleep deprived, but tonight I'm going to build a mansion in the sky. <laughs> I'm yes. going to build, it's going to be high and lifted. I think I'm going to take my time, build on it tonight, wake up in the morning, build on it a little bit more. Oh. The thing about big houses in The Sims is that you, it's hard for this. The Sims take a long time getting around. Which are, and yes. that's why I like small houses because they can go in, you know, quickly and get things done. Mm. But also, like, I want to take a, pay attention to detail. I want I want chandeliers. Oh. I want all. I need it needs to be nice. But eloquent. anyway, eloquent. Um, but I'm doing okay. I um just awaiting Beyonce's return. She's coming. She's coming. Man, knoweth the day. Um, that's I mean, July 29th. I said we do know the day. We do. I said I said man knoweth. Man knoweth. Oh, man knoweth. Okay. Knoweth the day. Um. But I just I, I need a musical renaissance. Like I need something fresh. I need something that is 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 new. I need something different. Like I'm like shout out to people who are putting out music. Shout out to Chris Brown. And, okay. And shout out to Lizzo. Um, they're I putting out music. Still can't get into her, but okay. We have I, it black is, music. Yeah, it's not. It's not that I. 
that I don't appreciate their art. It's just that it's not what I'm looking for. It's not for me. Like, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a, a little bit about about Beyonce for a second, and you know there are people. <laughs> no, anyway, uh-huh. one of my homegirls on Facebook, she had to make a public announcement that. Um, she was not a fan of um, uh, Break My Soul. And okay, <sighs> and I, I felt, I was wondering, like, why did she feel the need to, to announce that? So a lot of the people where I'm from, you know, from the, from the South, you know, who are Houston adjacent, because we're not from Houston, right. but Houston, Houston adjacent, we like a certain type of music. And if it's not R&B, it's, if, it's not, if it's not screw, if it's not hip hop, then it's white music. And so um, she was like, sorry, not sorry. I said what I said. All these hashtags. And it was screaming, pick me. I need attention. Right. She wants attention. I need attention. You should have gave and it to her. you know what? I, I, I'm i not going to give it to her for free. <laughs> um, but I wanted to say something to her. I wanted to say, first, the first thing I wanted to say was, why did you feel the need to uh, to make this a Facebook post? So it burned you so much. Do you even like Beyonce? Have you even listened to Beyonce's music? Because a lot of times these girls just they they know Beyonce's a big name and they right. know that it's gonna it might cause controversy and atten- might get them attention that they probably don't get, you know, elsewhere. Mm. And so they post things on Facebook like that. And so I was like, did she does she need attention? Because if if she, she needs it, and of course people were like, girl, me neither. But let me let me say this, and I want to be very careful in saying this. Um, I, Beyonce is a, a cisgender, heterosexual black woman, um, and she, of course she ha- she makes music for you know for black women, um, and and shout out to the black women the the, the women the women who who love Beyonce, um, and who she inspires because she is certainly a woman who inspires women. Um, but I want to let you all in on a secret. Oh my! This. This song was for the girls. Yes, for the girls. It's for the girls. Yes. Now, it's. I'm not saying it's exclusively for the girls, <laughs> but this song is for the girls. This song is for. Did y'all? Did y'all not hear Big Frida screaming about about releasing your trade That's in the in said. the in the first few seconds of the song? And a lot of y'all don't know what that means. A lot of y'all don't. It's not. <laughs> It's not for it's, you either. It's, it, it's a trade is not a job or a craft or something right. like that. It, it, never mind. Um, <laughs> this song was for the girls, and if you can't get with that, that's cool. If you can't get down with house music, that's cool. If you can't get down with that type of, you know, if you don't know what queens and doms are, that's that's cool. It's it's fine. But this song is for the girls. Beyonce released a TikTok video, first TikTok video, and the world went nuts. Um, I'm gonna talk to you about that in a second too. And the first frame was a dude in a with with rainbow lights in the background. Folks was duck walking. Folks were voguing down with with rainbow. F- like, don't sit here and pretend like Beyonce is not for the quarrels because Beyonce is for the quarrels. <laughs> and again, I am not saying that Beyonce is exclusively for the girls because everybody listens to Beyonce's music: gay, straight, white, black trans whatever um but this song miss mamas it's for us it's for us <laughs> it's for, and that's that's the lgbtq 
plus community. Alphabet um, mafia. That's y'all say. <laughs> y'all say we are. People think that that's. People think that that's an insult to say. Oh, they're every time I get look up, they're they're changing. No, we're no no we're not. You just it's 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 never mind. <laughs> trying to be. <laughs> um, so more on that TikTok video. Have you seen it? I actually have not. Okay, it's 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 her basically thanking um, people who have been using her audio to create content, and so she makes a um, it's a montage, and the usual suspects are on there: Zach Campbell. Um, and a few other people. Cardi B is on there, oh. um, which is interesting because you got all these people, and then you got a celebrity on there too. <laughs> um, everybody, fan, everybody's a fan. Everybody's a fan of Beyonce. Um, and so this guy, he uh, he who was who was featured on the in the video, he posted a clip, and he posted it basically of himself, basically saying. Uh, you know he's arrived, so he, he he's going through all these different. But he's like, please, I was featured on Beyonce's video, so please give me my things. Give Child, me my so were you, but that's another it's, story. Yeah, but but <laughs> but I, I love the video because he was like, you know, I'm I'm basically that nigga now, you know, and um, he said he said I'm that nigga, and so I I was excited and enthused about his video, so I sent him, you know, I commented on his tweet and I said, you, I love you so much, you are that nigga. Well, I said in, you know. Star, 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 or whatever. We got it. So then, neatly nestled under my comment was a sweet, sweet woman who said, um, uh, "Let me, let me. I want to read it because I want to get, I want to get it right. What she has said uh, to me." Oh, she, she, she said, responded to you. She responded to me. She <laughs> said, um, "Black lives do matter. That's why we must stop using the N word to refer to ourselves." Girl. The history of it is too destructive, Girl. and we look crazy for embracing it. Besides, why can't we use brother, sister, <laughs> king, or queen That's instead? Perfect. They're so much more uplifting and apropos. So, shout out to her, you know, for feeling the need to correct uh, two gay black men having a moment. Um, which had nothing to do with her at all. It was a moment, so I responded, and um, of and course. then I, I responded, and I then I muted her, um, because <laughs> I don't I have time for all that. Um, I said, the remarkable thing about language and ownership is that we can do whatever we want and be empowered by whatever we want, and do not need anyone to police our speech, emotions, or tweets. How we look to you is your issue, and not to be rude, because I'm never beyond reproach. But I don't need anyone telling me how to uplift another black person and be given suggestion on how to empower my own people. I do just fine. And 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 yeah. and that was that. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> what my issue with 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 that was and, and a lot of times I could just leave stuff alone. But she she mentioned me. She, she could let me no, alone. She needed it. <laughs> my thing is. I don't like when black people feel like they that they need to corral us. To and and get us to act right, you know, because white folks looking at us, you know, right. we gotta act right because Black Lives Matter. <laughs> it, I went a bit deeper, you know, and and how I felt about it because it just it it didn't sit well with me that she thought that you know let me let me gather this young man because you know we need to call each other kings and queens. So, it if if it doesn't pertain to you, if it doesn't have anything to do with you. Leave it alone, Miss Mamas, because black lives gonna matter 
regardless. Regardless. They're gonna matter. They need to matter regardless. And also, if we're if we're if we're gonna be on that on that tip, people are also going to to fail to see value in black lives, whether we call each other nigga or queen or this, that, or the third. Exactly. Like mm, Yeah, I'm not I, I was fixing sure. it. Um I, I also said I don't need to convince anyone that Black Lives Matter by refraining from using a word. Shout out to you though, Queen. But it's giving <laughs> they shady. only treat us the way this way because we treat ourselves this way. And I don't support that way of thinking at all. If we want to discuss language, calling us crazy is one thing we need to learn not to do when describing us. We should also learn not to judge ourselves using the white gaze as a rubric. Period. So that's, that's what I had. So shout out to her. Um, so I'm glad I hope everybody's doing okay um, thank you all for listening um, and for those of you who have continued to write in thank you all so much for your um, questions comments and concerns and by the way speaking <laughs> of questions comments and concerns if you have any questions comments and concerns you can send them to childpodcast at gmail.com that's child with four, four eyes. eyes thank you so much Hallelujah. sweet dears <laughs> So I think it's time for us to move on into some pop shit. We're going to start recording so we can just, add, just dip it on in there. All right. So we'll get started with, um, we talked last week. I was gonna, Last week? <laughs> last week. Wow. Oh, child. We, we talked last week about, about Emmett Till um, and um, the, the elderly white woman who, yes. who accused Emmett Till, mm-hmm. um, and what what have we uncovered and discovered? Child, so the folk down in Mississippi that mm. said they have no plans on ever, uh, you know, prosecuting Miss Mamas. So mm. you know she's just gone. Of course, you know they gonna let her go on and live the rest of her you know life, knowing that she got this little boy killed. Yes, and you know I mean, and the crazy thing about it because I failed to mention last week was that. This I thought about the whole story because they had found the warrant for her in the courthouse that they had issued all those years ago, and it was never ever like I don't know you know processed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, but the woman she was supposed to get arrested for you know the whole thing, but of course they she got away with it. And this woman is Carolyn Bryant Dunham, and yes, you're <laughs> absolutely correct. The Mississippi Attorney General said they have no plans to prosecute uh, Mrs. Dunham in the Emmett Till case. Um, There's no new evidence to open the case back up. Uh, Michelle Williams, Chief of Staff for Attorney General Lynn Finch, not not Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child, that's a different (laughs) one. Uh, (laughs) um, But how's there no new evidence when y'all had already had issued a warrant for her, and secondly, she has admitted on more than one occasion that she did it. Mm -hmm. She even had a memoir about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, according to the Clarion Ledger, Mississippi's top legal official has no plan to prosecute the white woman whose accusations set off the lynching Mm. of black teenager Emmett Till nearly 70 years ago. And aside said Friday following the revelation about an unserved arrest warrant and a newly revealed memoir by the woman. So given that this woman has said and said all the things she said and confessed all the things that she confessed um, there's still nothing to, to be done. She is sitting pretty, but you know what? I don't have to put spells on people because that's not what I do. Oh, okay. But but what I will say is that she will live 
the rest, whatever, whatever life she has left, she will live the rest of her life being haunted by the memory of that little boy because it's her fault. It's her fault that that young man is that little boy yeah. died the way he died, was murdered the way he was murdered. murdered. That that's that's her fault, and I'm not gonna pray on her or pray against her. But what I will say, I hope that the ancestors of Emmett Till are in your dreams and 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 thereafter. And Amen. and and, and, that, and that is all I have for you, sweet girl. Um. So, in other news, um, so for those of you who do not know who Betsy DeVos is, or DeVos, uh, she is the former U.S. Secretary of Education, uh, who was appointed by um, the other president. Uh, (laughs) um, She is calling for the abolition of federal education, of the Federal Education Department, which she once led. So, the reason why that's a a point of, of, of discussion, so... We are seeing in education all. We talked about this last week. I love saying last week because it we means we're on it. It means we're on <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that means we're, we're we're consistent. You know, we're on top of things. For we're right on the now. cutting edge. Um, <laughs> fuck y'all. Uh, we are here. Um, share our podcast because we are talking about things and we're talking about them week to week. Who knows what's gonna happen in a, in a couple of weeks? Lord, just stay with us now. We're here. We're re- we're relevant. So. Um, there is a lot of poli- we talked about last week how how um, the word slavery is is or or uh, the transatlantic slave trade is um, is under threat because you have these policymakers who want to um, turn that into um, what was it called again um, involuntary fuck involuntary servitude or involuntary some bullshit that ain't slavery whatever right? it was. <laughs> Whatever it was, um, uh, you have white conservative. Um, I don't even call them policymakers because a lot of them aren't policymakers. They're just Rich, rebel rousers and folk. and people who want to protect um, tender um, feelings and emotions from from learning the truth about this country and learning the truth about how black people um, were treated um, as property. And this is what's happening. It's not, and this is not just about black people now. So, so we gonna, we gonna, you know, a lot of, a lot of the things you hear on this podcast, it'd be for us, right. but this includes gender. This includes um, inequalities of people from all walks of life, sexual orientations, um, you know, gender representation, all of those things. And the issue is that conservative people are making um, equity and justice seem like boogeymen. They're saying, you know, don't don't expose our kids to this. And that's a, pre- a problem that, that I have. Um, you know, even I think we touched on P-Valley a little bit maybe, but um, I hear a lot of times straight people saying, you know, don't throw that in my kid's face, but don't say anything when you, when, when you let your kids sit and watch two straight people kissing and, and doing all kinds of ungodly things, right. you know. Also, you know, it's another thing that's interesting to me is how and I don't see this. No, nah, you see it in every community, not just a black community, but how people think it's cute. We used to think it was cute, you know, for um, little boys to be to uh, to be encouraged. Say, that's my girlfriend with, some, with like right. an older woman or something like that. That's my oh, that's your little boyfriend, your little girlfriend or whatever. And it's like you're encouraging right. some really strange behavior. But 
for it, kids. It, for kids. And it's it's so interesting to me because we say things like don't throw that in my face. And but sex is 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 being thrown in people's face all day long. But they don't want that because they think that that I just want to encourage you all to understand this. Um, especially being being queer and black in this country, we have seen heterosexual people kiss all day long, and it never encouraged us all to be straight. Our lives, child. It, it, it never it never encouraged us to be straight. I, I, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't <laughs> make it make it make sense. And and hmm, we gonna save that for the meat the meat of the, of the discussion. So, um, yeah, there are a lot of people who are trying to change the way uh, children learn about things in the classroom. And it's unfortunate because it's it's almost like you know in Scooby Doo when they're when they finally find the culprit they they take his mask <laughs> yeah. off the mask is off and we are seeing the ugly faces of people who are going to, are fighting to take away rights be because they can I need to make sure I talk about Kenneth Copeland um, here in a second um, so. Oh God! Let me let me pull this up real quick. So, for those of you who don't know Kenneth Copeland, so long, long time ago's days, I okay. um, I was um, I was an evangelical Christian, and um, I used to read this book by Kenneth Copeland because um, some of my classmates suggested that I read it. It was a it was a book on speaking in tongues, and. I was empowered by the book. I was empowered and encouraged to begin speaking in tongues. And I, I don't speak and I don't speak against people who speak in tongues. Let's be very clear. But Kenneth Copeland was the author. Kenneth Copeland and his wife were the authors of that book. So Kenneth Copeland, um, if you all are not familiar with him, is a mega pastor. And he um, during COVID-19, he encouraged people to not wear masks and you know that this was you know something from from the devil and um he spit he in, in one of his sermons he he um he spit um not on the congregation but at the congregation just basically saying that you know we're afraid of of COVID-19 and and you know we are not people who are supposed to be afraid um and um so Kenneth Copeland has a huge following um, but what I want to, to speak about specifically is this, like, it's a, it's a, not a manifesto. Um, it was called, it's called a Watchman Decree. Now I read, I watched it and it was scary, but, um, essentially it screamed Christian nationalism. Um, these people were in this auditorium and they were basically saying that, um, because they're right wing question, questions, questions, right wing Christians they've been given legal power from heaven to ensure the executive judicial and legislative branches operate on biblical principles and they all they 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 rallied together it was a it was it was scary and I know there were probably people in the audience that were black but they spoke they spoke against so many things um that would um discredit would um further um ostracize um people of color um people who support equity uh diversity and inclusion and i'm really kind of skimming over it but if you listen to it we'll, i'm gonna let you listen to it it's, oh, Lord. it's it's scary because they're basically declaring war on people who don't think 
act and believe the way they do. And so I mentioned Kenneth Copeland because him, Betsy, <laughs> and and others are 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 really rallying together, and they're going to start. I I, I don't want to. I'm not a fear monger, but I just feel like they're going to start actively engaging people who don't believe the way they believe. Now I'm gonna say this, you know, because although although you and I share different religious beliefs our religious backgrounds are very similar. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't think you have to be um, Christian, Muslim, whatever, to to have, to, to understand and know that everybody in this country, everybody in this world is not going to be Christian. And that sure. everyone's not going to be. In this country that is, quote unquote, founded upon Christian principles, let's, let's be very clear. As a country that was so so called founded on so called christian principles there were black people in this country that were that were they were they were made they were killed and and burned and raped how is that christian and and not only were they killed burned and raped they were killed burned and raped on some of the plantations that the forefathers of this country had like like the, um i was reading about thomas jefferson um a, a few days ago thomas jefferson thomas. <laughs> Thomas, let's say Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson owned more enslaved black people than, than, than any, yes, any of the forefathers that, that did. And there is a very, very nasty history that we could uncover. There's so much about him and that we don't have the time in the podcast to talk about. But these are the people who have had shrines and monuments built in their name and in their honor. And these we, people flock to D.C. Mm. And, and various places in the country to go. And I'm going to be very real with you. They go and, and it's almost as if they worship these things. And so I think it's funny. We're going we gonna to get into that. I think it's funny that, you know, the Bible talks about, about worshiping idols and things of this nature. And, and these are people who will fight you for trying to take down a statue. This is a country, a, a Christian country that was built on Christian values that raise, raise up ivory statues, you know, these, these stone statues in honor of people who didn't like people that look like you and me. Child, you're talking. And, and, I, and, and child, I'm, I must, I'm not high, but I feel like I'm on something, <laughs> you know, because, because I'm, I, I, the, the hypocrisy is what, it's the hypocrisy for me. So let me dial it, dial it down a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, um, it got a little too real with me for that moment because I've been there's a there's an itch I've been trying to scratch and I haven't been able to scratch it. But I think that the more the more we the more we do this regularly, the more we talk to each other, the more we like really sit down and look at issues, the more like it's like a knot in my brain that starts to unravel a bit. It's it's sick and it's sad that I I, I wish that in the perfect world that we would all love God and we'd all understand that our interpretations of God is, is this, that, and the third, but that's just not the case. Um, but if you, if you're going to claim to be a Christian country, then you need to begin to uncover some of the things that you try to hide. Some of the, some of the very things that you try to, you try to hide and stop trying to protect sensitive, um, you know, children from hearing the truth. They need to hear the truth. They need to hear the truth that the little black boy sitting beside them would not have been able to sit beside them some years ago. True. Not that long ago. Let's True. be very clear. Not that long ago. But, you know, like, 
I mean, I I can't do the maths right now, but I mean, <laughs> hell, eighty years ago, yeah. that you wasn't sitting beside them. Like, I mean, yes, that's yep, that. That is that's. I did the maths. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. Um, <laughs> moving right along. <sighs> Lord, Ricky Martin. Child. Um. So He's I re- nasty. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute now. I read I read the article I read one of the articles that described um, um, a, a, a lawsuit uh, I mean I'm sorry not a lawsuit but um, a restraining order yeah, against yeah. him by one of his nephews in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and um, they he was accused of having a seven month relationship with this young man yeah. um, and Ricky Martin denies it. He, he he completely and strongly denies it and you know this takes me back to um something we talked about a long time ago i remember when i recall when jennifer hudson and this is no way related to sexual assault but i recall when jennifer hudson's family was murdered um and she said only a child of god would address it basically saying like you know because what one of my issues with with celebrities when things like this happen they let their legal team speak for them mm-hmm. and I get that and I I completely understand that you know you you want things to go smoothly but in the eyes of the public with it's like you oh so you're you not saying something, something so you're hiding something you're hiding let something. me tell you that's why I know I'm not going to ever be famous you know <laughs> right. I, I hope that I hope that the podcast takes off you know sure. hope that we do great things my but our team going to have a hell of a time with me oh my god because we just going to talk sure. D- might as well they, you might as well just just it's it's never going to happen never like, look i mean my my partner's a lawyer we'll just we'll we'll, we'll hire him <laughs> yes. uh, to, and like don't tell us shit <laughs> <laughs> but i i don't think that I would be a good celebrity because if something comes up regarding my name, I'm going to address it. And so Ricky Martin, um, he did make comments saying that, you know, this is completely false. These are false allegations. Um, And his lawyer said the same thing. Um, I want somebody to be raw and real, be like, I would never do no shit like that. You know, like that's what I, that's what I mean. That's what I want to hear. Because I would say that, mm-hmm. you know, if, yeah. if I was completely innocent and in doing something like that, I would say, you know what, I'm going to let the lawyers handle it, but I would never do no shit like that. That's not even who I am. That's not like, but instead it's like, it's like, these are wrong. These are false allegations. And that leaves room for doubt. You know, yeah. that leaves room it for questioning too, of character. I, I hope, I hope that that's not the case. Um, they were, they were citing, they were citing, um, mental health issues from this young this young man was suffering from mental health issues and i'm not saying that that he isn't um but my hope is that i hope ricky ain't do that shit yeah i hope he didn't do it either but something in my good foot tell me (laughs) (laughs) cut it off cut it off right now uh it tells me that some you know that something happened you know i hope not but you know because even somebody else and the family spoke out about it. So it's like if two people spoke out about it, it I, it's not looking too good for you. Well, sis. one of his, um, one of the, I don't know if it was Ricky's brother. Uh, it's either Ricky's brother who would, would be uh, one of Ricky's like first cousins or somebody. <laughs> somebody basically said, nah, he didn't do this. But you know what? I hate to say this, but something Something tells me, um, gosh, I hate saying stuff like this, but something tells me that perhaps 
maybe people protect others to save face and to save money. You know what I mean? Like if so. let's let's say this is just me being whatever. Let's say somebody let's say I was fame no, I ain't gonna put myself in, I ain't do shit like that. But let's say Ricky was like, you know, sending money back to Puerto Rico. You know, so you can see this both ways. Right. Like he could be sending money back to Puerto Rico, and so his home was like, "Girl, we gotta protect him. Like right. he be giving us money. You know, shit, don't say shit." However, what if he was giving the nephew money and he stopped giving the money, and the nephew was like, "You know." Right. So this is this is slippery because we're talking about sexual assault, and we want to make sure to be sensitive because th- it happens, and it happens with people of power, and we can't, we not finna do, we not finna exclude Ricky Martin. Um, because people just because he's Ricky Martin, people do hell. Look at R. Kelly. Well, people do shit like that all the time, and and they and they deny it and deny it and deny it until they get worn out and they have to tell the truth about it. You know, yeah. so I don't know, and I'm not I'm not going I'm not going to dismiss that young man from in his feelings and whatever because he could be experiencing a lot of things, and even some of the people who we we love and and, and that are celebrities. Even some of them do the most disgusting and heinous things. So, this is um, true. shout out to that young man. Hope that he is is getting the healing that he needs and the attention that he needs, medical if that is the case. And hope that Ricky didn't do it. Right, because unless he got can get up to fifty years. Fifty years. Sure. So good luck. You know, with that, moving right along. But just going back a little bit. Um, <laughs> If if indeed he did do those heinous things, he'll be shaking his bonbon down to that jail. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, uh, it was um, it was reported. Um, Juicy fruit. Wait a minute. <laughs> you are so foul. It was reported that um, one Shad Moss has uh the bombets of the th- well you understand <laughs> Orlando Brown did it did an interview which you know um I I thought he was off the drugs what happened child drugs are hard to get child, off of crack is whack child. oh j- did he when when talking about 106 in park um <laughs> Now, now, it's been said. So, okay, let me just. I, I've been hesitant to to mention this, but Orlando Brown said that Bawa had some um, <laughs> good poontang. That's what he said. <laughs> we understand the male anatomy. We understand that males don't have. Well, whatever. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. It depends on who you ask. Um. But but one would question why <laughs> Orlando Brown knows this, and one would also question: Is it true? Uh, I, I believe it's so. Wait, which one? Which part? Which Wh- part which do you believe part? it's true? I mean, I believe that Bawa does. Wow. I don't know. I feel like back in the day, you know, back <gasps> when um, Orlando was popular and you know, oh, still God. acting. Conspiracies coming. Go I ahead. just, I just, I can see it happening. Like they probably got together at a party one day, and wow. you know, and Orlando dicked him down. You know, you, you just see. made a whole story. <laughs> this is allegedly. This is not the first time that Orlando Brown has mentioned that um, certain black men um, in entertainment um, have. Uh, Good goobins, if you will. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, good goobins. Um, it it 
Did it ruffle Bywall's feathers or did he respond? I don't, I don't even know if he responded. I think somebody said he responded. I'm a boy, Damon, or something like that. Um, <laughs> excuse it. You ain't got to be a boy to have good booty. <sighs> well, I mean, what? Okay. <laughs> you know what? Let me let me touch on on. I'm not gonna touch on that. I'm not gonna touch it. But, you know when I when I saw Orlando Brown in this in this interview, it um it made me sad because I thought that he was. On the road to recovery. Right, because he was looking well at one point. He was looking well, you know, and then not so much in this in this interview. Now, he did do an interview with Unwind with Tasha K. I'm not a fan of Tasha K, but I'm going to watch the interview just to see what he's giving. And you can't judge a book by its cover, but sometimes those covers scream, drugs, girl, you know. <laughs> so, um, but... Shout out to Orlando Brown, and I hope that he is getting the help and the treatment that he needs. Um, And if indeed that man has good booty, um, (laughs) you ain't had to tell us that. We necessarily need to know all that. And I'm sure if he if he is if he does indeed have that, I'm not mad. He told us. (laughs) I mean, what what does it do for you though, Josh? You know, that way may need to come to me my dreams. Okay. Well, <laughs> sweet dreams, girl. Beautiful nightmares. Moving right along um, on the Brothers O. Um, oh, 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 Ryan. I was going to say something, but I am not. That was going to be too R. Two rated R. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, I'm glad. Keep it. Listen, <laughs> this is not a family. This is not a family podcast. It's not, but you but know, you might be in the car with I family was, while you're listening to it. I'm, I'm, oh god, try. don't do that. <laughs> so we um, in the in the we are in the age of OnlyFans, and if you are not. Yet subscribed to Orion, all one needs to do is mosey on down to Twitter, type his name in, and you can find it for free. You can find what we were not going to discuss on this podcast, (laughs) but just know that um, if you're looking for a workout video and you're looking for someone to help you do your jumping jacks with no clothes on, I just see for yourself. You can see what we're talking about. I will neither confirm nor deny that I have seen it. Now, my partner in crime, my oh, podcast partner in I crime, have seen it. I, has seen it. I sure have. I, somebody told me that his parts were online, and I went and searched and typed in his name, and wham. All right, moving right along. <laughs> Omarion has decided to <laughs> declare war against uh, good singing. <laughs> <laughs> By simply, simply suggesting that Mario's team sabotaged his versus vocals. Now, you all right? I don't know why that took me out. <laughs> um, um, Orion's brother said uh, that Mario's people, this is quoted, Mario's people were representing the sound in the beginning. So you know, there could it? have been some level of sabotage there. Let me let me explain uh, something to y'all. I'm so um, and, and I, okay, we like to listen to singers, right? Real singers, meaning that we very rarely listen to people who cannot <laughs> sing. <laughs> Shout out to, to Whitney Houston, Whitney uh, B. Houston. Thank you very yes. much. 
Um, so we talked a little bit about Giveon last week, I think. We or the week before, some, last sometime. week. It wasn't a week before that. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a week before that. Um, Giveon, you know, jokingly mentioned that BET sabotaged his vocals. I don't like when niggas get on the sabotage train and say things like, yeah, they've sabotaged me. Because, okay, I'm not saying that Giveon can't sing. I've seen, I've, I've, I have, I've seen that he can sing, um, okay. but, but, but we, but we gonna talk about Omari <laughs> for a second. We gonna, we gonna stay there, because we, we gave him a pass last, last time. Um, you know, I've said, if I've never said this before, I do fear that one day, because um, I, I, I have, I have high hopes for us. I have high hopes for for us as individuals and as a podcast. I think that, you know. We, if we've never, we, we're not famous, but we have both been extremely close to famous people. So uh, we, we, in, we, in, we in the famous building. You know? we, <laughs> like, you know, I'm not legendary, but I'm one of the legendary children. Uh. Uh, but anyway, I, I always get nervous about saying things about male celebrities because one day they might listen to our, our very, our, our, our lowly podcast and be like, you said this about me. I did say it about you. Sure did. Omarion can pop and lock into the hearts of so many. And I, I have been one of those people who has been, I have admired him, his popping and his locking. Oh. I've admired his dancing in the rain. Right. I've admired, you know, his, his love for Lil Saint. Um, okay. I've admired his, his acting abilities oh. in the blockbuster cult classic that is You Got Served, where he rendered to us a, a, an Oscar award-winning performance you going to hell. Mm-hmm. um one thing that i've never ever 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 checked for <laughs> were supreme vocals no he 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 is not the best singer but i have enjoyed his songs yeah Cause you know there there is an ice box where my heart used to Correct. be. Correct, and I and I scream O oh, every day. But in my vocal box, wow. you know, what I'm saying, um, you know them. I, I I need need go no further, in with that. Um, ain't nobody sabotage your vocals, Otis. Child, ain't nobody uh, sabotage your vocals, bro. Cause ain't, you sounded how you sound. You sounded how you sound. Just like Ray J and Jeremiah and Pleasure Pete. I mean, they all sounded a mess. And as Mar and I will quote, I'm not gonna quote myself. I'm gonna quote Mario. Y'all sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Omarion is is a is he's a singer entertainer, but even singers entertainers don't mm. always give what needs to be given. This is true. You know, um, so I don't. Think his sound was sabot. No one can sabotage the way your vocals are set up, sir. Unless somebody put something in your throat. No one can sabotage the way your vocal cords <laughs> are set up. If your vocal cords are set up the way they're set up, that's the way they're set up. Child. And you, Mario, I'm not even gonna give him too much. Like he he sounded he sounded all right. Don't do him like that. I, he did it to himself. Like I, I think that people, because remember that run he did, and I was like, you could have cut that off two seconds. True, but you got to know when to cut him out. No, no, no. Yeah, he sings down. He sings down. He sings down. Um, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he sings down. Um, Omarion just simply needs to sing up. Okay. Wow. Um, so, so yeah, don't know that his vocals were 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 sabotaged, but you know, just just kind of just do better. Um, in other news that doesn't really matter or make sense, uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez 
um, are married. They were once together, and then they right. were not. Uh, then she was married, and then she was not. And then she was engaged, and then she was not. Okay. And then she was seen <laughs> with Ben Affleck, and, and it was a big deal. Uh-huh. And now they're married. A, them, a lot like the Kardashians, find their ways, find a way to put themselves in our lives and in, and in our faces. When I go to... The first thing that I do, you know, when I get up, I try not to listen to too much silliness, but I go to NPR um, to listen to what's going on in the world. And then I find myself on the Yahoo, like, splash page to see what's what news has been splattered about. Mm-hmm. And I always see something going on with the Kardashians. It's almost like they pay to be in the no, news. No, I believe they do, because um, otherwise they're not interesting. And so, like, I've been seeing a, an influx of articles about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck and I wonder why it's so important. Like, why do we need to be inundated with every single move that they make? Uh, so uh, they they re- rekindle the love. People be rekindling the love like a motherfucker, like all the time. <laughs> like, like why why do we care about Ben F? And the fact that I'm talking about them is is the fact that the news worked. It worked. Right. It worked. But I just do we need to know that they have rekindled their love affair, and now that they're and that they're married because you know, look, they. Hollywood love don't be lasting all the time like True. that. And love don't cost a thing. Jennifer did say that. She did she did. sing it? Okay, oh, moving right along. Wow. Um, Lil Uzi Burt um, <clears throat> changed his pronouns um, on Instagram to they, them. Which is interesting because I think he said something um, homophobic. <laughs> Child, what day? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but you know... S- Congrats to them. Mm-mm. It's the pandering for me. Okay. Um, it's to me, it's the pandering and attention. And I, you know what? Let me back up. I just don't celebrate niggas like that these days. Like I should. Like or I just don't celebrate. Like I don't celebrate black men who don't protect and defend queer people. Um, I don't. I don't celebrate them. I. I, I I'm careful because I don't know this man's um, this man's resume, um, but I don't celebrate. I don't. I don't. I'm not quick to celebrate him. Just like I'm not quick to celebrate Charles Barkley. So Charles Barkley, I, saw, I just saw an article saw of, of Charles Barkley. You know, being you know an advocate for 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 gay and trans people, but 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 not too, not too long ago, he was shitting on black women. Um, so I'm very careful. I'm very careful, cautious, and a little suspicious oh, uh, yes. <laughs> because I don't know. I like. It's like it's like Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, it's like Caitlyn Jenner coming out as trans, and all of a sudden we're supposed to rally behind this person because she's she's trans. But it's like Miss Mamas, you still do and say things that that are harmful to the lgbtq community to black people so um and trans people and trans people so i'll reserve i'll reserve that um that support um until i see otherwise until i see you advocating for queer people until i see you fighting for queer people like you changing your pronouns don't mean nothing and if anything if anything to me, it seems a bit. It's it's for it's it's an attention getter. You're trying to get attention. You're trying to gain attention. You know, it's the same thing as like that whole Joe Budden being bi thing. Like people took that story and ran with it. Nigga is not bi. Nigga is well. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, but but 
they people are doing this for they're doing it for attention you know and I, I feel bad i feel almost bad saying that because it's like you know that might be that man's story you know um maybe he's always been been you know a they them you know maybe maybe but you know what name besi besides you know frank ocean who i mean may have written a song or written a letter but I've never, I haven't listened to many of his, I mean, his music, yes, but I've never listened to many interviews with him. I have never heard him, like, say, I'm bi. I don't think, now, either, now, but he was dating this one, white, the model. Yeah, 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 yeah. At one point. And it, it ended badly, apparently. But, yeah. But, and I, I guess you don't have to hear someone say it, you know, context clues and all that Let stuff. And if you're a critical thinker and all that. But, but like, but I've never heard him say it, you know, and so um, I don't know. Lil Uzi Vert has not said anything. He's posted that, you know, he's changed his pronouns to they, them. But what does that even mean? Like, what does it mean? Does it mean that that you're that you're gender fluid? Does it what does that mean? And I guess it's, it's not my business, but sometimes I feel like P, the, um, PR moments like this harm people who really are you know, um, gender fluid or, or non-binary yeah. and it takes attention off of really real issues that affect and impact them. And so, yeah, I'm, I mean, but I've always kind of felt <clears throat> oh, yeah. that, that he was part of the family. Oh, yes. You know. Oh, yes. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know what, but, but even then, like, and we, we can have this conversation because this is our podcast, you know, but like a lot of the times, um, I struggle saying things like that because i I used to not want people, people used to say that shit about me like that and it used to hurt me, you know, but I, so I try not to give that same energy to people who, but even though I think it, I mean, you definitely think it, but like I try to keep it to myself yeah. because, you know, but you know what, if Lil Uzi Bird is on a journey, journey on my good man, sweet girl, um, moving right the fuck along, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the impersonation of Cheska Lee, who impersonated Britney Spears, Ooh, um, oh I want to offer this uh, sweet rendition. I don't want it. Break my soul. Break my soul. Wow. Break my soul. I'm telling everybody. Everybody, it don't sound like nobody you know, but that's my poor impersonation of Britney Spears good. singing. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it was good. Um, yeah, ah. uh, Britney Spears gave us her true voice um, in singing. Um, what song was, was she singing? Hit me one more time. Did she sing "Hit Me Baby" one more time? I think it was. She cussed at the end of it. Um, <laughs> she was. So she, she added it in there for no fucking reason. Yeah, and she didn't need to add it. We didn't. We didn't need that. We didn't need that. Oh, what is she saying? Anyway, go ahead. Britney Spears uh, gave us an alto, an alto, an yeah. alto version of one of her her hit songs. Um, <sighs> I feel like she gave us what she's always given us. Um, okay, which I mean, because I've never thought Britney Spears could sing. And I feel like she sounds the same as she did back then. <laughs> so people are talking about how bad she sounded. I feel like she sounds the same. So, you know, child. Um, you know. <clears throat> child. Let me find this. Let me find this. 
Now, I don't want to smack in y'all's ears, but I had to take a little popcorn break. Um, um, we took a little break to listen to uh, Brittany Jean. Yes, Brittany Jean. Child, and as I said, child. So, what I will say mm-hmm. is that Brittany has always had a sense of musicality to her. Like, listening to that, I can even if it's not the same, like, way that she sung the original song, Hit Me Baby One More Time. You can tell that she has some kind of musicality in her, but the girl can't sing. Like, but and, it, and what was pissing me off is people was talking about, you know, these major uh, vocal coaches and shit. It's like, just you know, all she needs is some vocal coaching and all, and she'll be great. I'm like, girl, first of all, where was that at when she was in her prime? Ooh. Like, I, I would assume that she was getting that then. I mean, some people just can't be helped. Which I, I'm rooting for Brittany. We, mm-hmm. you know, I love her down. Love her down. But she's not a singer, and she and, and that's just it. So, amen. all right, um, yeah, I don't know if I have much to add to it, but people were saying, "Oh, we're hearing her real voice for the first time in a long time. It's very deep. It's sultry." It, I heard some Mess. notes in there. I heard some notes in there that you know, um, if you could just grab those notes and you could just keep them and hold on to them, um, you know. But also shout out to the legend that is that is the icon that is Britney Spears. She's a pop icon, and you can't take that from her. You know, um, the other Britney moving right along. Britney Griner is still <laughs> detained. Um, it's uh, that topic has garnered s- it's it's created such conversation um, needed and unneeded. <sighs> there's no really there's no real update. I mean, she's still she's still in jail. Um, free Brittany Griner. Um, yeah. In some happier news, Jennifer Lewis has received her Hollywood star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. Shout out to yes, yes. Yeah. Shout out to Jennifer <laughs> Lewis. Jennifer Lewis um gives good energy. Jennifer Lewis is someone who is honest about. Um, her struggles in Hollywood, being a, a, a black actress, but also just being a woman who acts. Um, uh, she gave us, you know, um, you know the the smash hit. I don't want nobody fucking with me in these streets. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and I clearly, I I really don't want nobody fucking with me in these streets. But they still tend to fuck with me in these streets. I'm finna uh-huh. start, you know, running clap them back, running them over. Um, but I think that's a, it's a great moment for this woman who definitely deserves her flowers, as we say in, in the community. She deserves her flowers because she has given us um, some amazing um, um, art. You know, she's funny. She's hilarious. And she's that one auntie that, you know, going to show up and, and be hilarious. So shout out to her. She's one of my favorites. She I have a very I have a small pool of my favorite black actresses. And she's just one of my favorites. Yes, um, and she supports the community. She does support. She does support the community. She also gave words of wisdom, telling people to vote. Now, on that voting, um, I will never discourage anyone from voting. The question is, who are we voting for? What are we voting for? And why are we voting? So I could answer why are we voting, but it's the who and the what that I'm struggling with because. Um, Yes, I feel, you know how when that last president was in office, mm-hmm. you knew he was in office. You, you we, we, we saw him all the time. No, for like the whole four years, every day he was in the news. Like, you knew he was the president. 
I just feel like we voted and people just disappeared. Now I know the co- that the COVID that COVID <laughs> um, it may have been a big factor, but it's hard to tell because, like, where the hell is where the, where the hell is that lady? Where the hell is um, Kamala Harris? She don't know her damn self. She's somewhere in the back. I just I honestly feel like. I mean, I voted for Biden because I had to, because they didn't vote for who I wanted to in the primary, because uh, I was going for uh, with the other white woman. I forgot her name. Child. I don't even know no more, because she ain't. Bernie Sanders? That white woman. <laughs> <laughs> white woman. I forgot her name, but y'all know who I'm talking about, who y'all would never let be president. But I didn't want Kamala, and I didn't want Joe Biden, but I had to vote for the motherfuckers any goddamn way, and now they ain't doing shit. The only thing... What I don't know what they've done. They I just they I don't, don't know, know either. But you know Biden can hardly keep his teeth in his mouth. Wow. While he's trying to sign policies, but you know that's another story. Anyway, so, vote. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the end of, of our <laughs> pop shit segment, and we will be back with the main entree, child. So before we move on, I want to talk about something um, serious. Uh, I. Don't know why I do this to myself every single time that I'm that a tragedy, the tragedy strikes and videos released. I always say, Musa, don't you watch that damn video? And I watched the video that was released uh, from the security footage at the the, um, the school in Uvalde. And the part that really hurt the most to, to see was the caption that said, um, this video was edited to remove the children the screaming screams. and the gunshots. Yeah. That, that was, that was so so eerie to 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 see that. But seeing those policemen who um, are entrusted to protect and serve at the other end of the hallway, getting hand sanitizer. One of them was smiling. I, I took a picture of it. A screenshot it one of them was smiling they were just having a good old time now when I watched that video I said to myself what would I have done in that situation well my hope would be that I was trained enough to go in with my team with my squad to take down the the shooter right one shooter one shooter seven of y'all so what were y'all waiting for and the scary thing, I don't even want to know the answer to that. I think that the scary thing is that I I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into any conspiracy theories because these are children's lives and, and people's lives. People people died. Um I saw one of the young one of the little girls, her mom just got her backpack from the FBI and her backpack was just riddled with bullets. And that's all she has, you know, to hold on to of her daughter. People, um, policymakers, are fighting against gun control. Betsy De- Devos Davos herself um, fighting for um, school personnel to have guns to be trained. My thing is, if you can't train police, how are you gonna train teachers? Right. Who are underworked and overworked and underpaid? But while like teachers already have so much on them anyway like as far as just the stuff that they have to do like you want these teachers to be parents you want them to be babysitters you want them 
to teach your kids and all this other stuff. Now you want them to be in school police officers mm-hmm. and y'all don't pay them enough to do this shit. So why? Why? Also, also, what about those teachers who have a short fuse? Yeah. When, when, you know, when these kids get in their faces, you know, and that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a weird subject because I see a lot of, I see a lot of, a lot of students who sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I just want to like, I want to hug some of them. So I want to body slam some of them because they try these teachers. But so I'm not necessarily speaking in these, in those situations where, where someone is, is literally trying to hurt a teacher. I'm talking about those instances where a teacher, for whatever reason, feels feels threatened because a big black student, you know, makes them feel uncomfortable. And we know that that's a, that's a thing. We've seen um, videos. Yeah. And then they pull out the gun. I was just thinking about this um, uh, yesterday. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, police officers don't, they don't need much of a reason to to put you know, to put bullets through you. Right. They don't need much. All they need to say is that they felt threatened, for that they felt like their life was in danger, and that's why they use deadly force. I have, I don't think I've ever said this on this podcast, but when um, this was about five, six years ago, I was at a fair, a carnival with uh, my friend Lucy, and we were just walking, minding. Um, our black and Latinx ass business um, and two police officers one black one white walked up to me and they commented on how big I was like man you're really big you play football no sir man if, if, if you got rowdy it would take about four of us to take you down and they said that to me unprovoked I was minding my business I was walking with my friend and it I have this thing where sometimes for me, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes I can, it, it might take me a little while for a message to process. It wasn't until, well, no, and that plus I'll do whatever I have to do to keep my company safe. Right. So in that situation, I didn't want to respond, you know, or, or, or like, you know, get at them because Lucy was with me. But when I went home, that shit got at me. I said, I was walking around minding my business. None of them would ever walk up to a white person. Um, and worst of all was a black officer because he should have known better. Don't you walk your raggedy ass up here at me and tell me that it would take four of y'all to take me out? Like, what the, what the fuck is wrong with you? So that that didn't sit well with me. It, it bothered me. It, it still bothers me because what that means is if they ever saw me doing anything, my size is alerts them that they need this going to take more than just an officer to take me down the fact that they would even approach me and say you know blah 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 to take you down like for no reason and then they don't even realize like what that does to to like and and people a lot of times you know white people will say things like you know y'all shouldn't be afraid of if you're doing what you if if you're following the law you're obeying the law then you shouldn't worry about it i was minding my goddamn business you know and and you might not say well you know they're just words but what y'all don't understand that that in this country as a black person, it's we already feel it. So to have it confirmed that people are looking at you and sizing you up and, and trying to make sure that you don't do something crazy when you're just trying to mind your black ass business, that shit fucks with us. You know? So sorry I went on that little tangent. I just I I I fear for um 
you know, I fear that police been being given the green light to to do whatever they want to do if they feel unsafe. You know, they they use deadly force. Y'all, why y'all couldn't use that with the shooter? Right. Like on time. Why that man? Why that? Why that man was 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 taking innocent lives? Y'all was outside chilling and running from the bullets. I shouldn't even. That should have been my child, please. But you know, I had to. I had to mention that. But I digress. So, to the meat and potatoes of that thing. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about a topic that we both, you know, um, have know a little bit about. You know, have have some experience. Uh, wow. <laughs> um. Let's talk about the black church. 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 This. My good friends, family, foes, even um, okay. <laughs> if you are sensitive to people talking about religion um, of any uh, shape or form, this might be a great opportunity for you to turn off the podcast. However, we are going to talk about some real things and um, some real situations uh, that uh, have occurred in our lives or as experiences in the black church. All right. So I was raised in a church that was predominantly black in the South Baptist. And I could tell you stories. Um, I have a lot to say and I want to make sure that what I'm saying is not based on pure emotion, um, but just some of my experiences. Um, I'll just start with you. Oh, okay. So if we could frame this, what, what would you say is the role of church in the lives of young to middle-aged black Christians and what would you say have been some of your most um, memorable experiences good or bad um as far as the role I would say it's well structure Mm. um for us like it has been structure it's a way to keep you know well, in the beginning, to me, it was a way to keep black folks in line. But as <clears throat> in the black church, I also feel like it was it's a way for us to ex- express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a lot of where, you know, our black arts and stuff has come from is Say the black it. church. Real. And, you know, um, child, these black, well, not, not all of them, child, but these, these days, these singers come from everywhere, but... <laughs> the real good singers mm-hmm. come from the black church. Good singing comes from the black church. Child. Yes. Yes. Amen. Um, but I grew up, my grandmother took me to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I don't think she ever really forced me, but because she was watching me, I guess she did force me like when I was young, young. And um, I just remember church always being a good time to me because I was there for the music. Uh, and I like seeing people fall out. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it 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 is a place of um, peace for me, even though I have not always had the best experience. Um, I feel at home at church because it also reminds me of my grandmother. I mean, mm-hmm. She is still here. So I'm yeah, not going to talk like she ain't still here, but she's, she's still here. But it just, you know, 
it just gives me good feelings and i guess that is why i go to church like no one forces me to go to church now like my mama even when i was living with my mama she didn't go to church right. i chose myself to continue to go to church <clears throat> when i became an adult but it is always um well not always but it's 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 home to me because it it's reminds home. me of you know so much <clears throat> of my family and my background but i have not always had the best experiences especially growing up as a black queer child and of course you know them you got pastors preaching down hell and brimstone you know to the gay folks you know but yet y'all want us in your choirs you want us directing your you know the music and all this other stuff but i don't know i was Never mind. Oh. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I, Heather, shut up because I know what she's going to say. She's going to say you stopped yourself. Yes. <laughs> I did, but for protection of yeah, people. Yeah, of course, of course. But, um, yeah, I anyway, proceed. Go ahead. We protect, we we do this. Um, we protect um, other people when um, telling our stories. And I do that a lot. I do that a lot with my family. And. I'm still learning how to, uh, you know, navigate those waters, um, you know, the waters of, of, you know, my personal stories and, and some of the tragedies that have happened in my life that include other people that are, you know, close. And so my experience, um, I say I grew up going to church. It wasn't an option. It was a lifestyle is what we did. Um, we would wake up early in the morning because we, our church was 30 minutes away. Oh. That's where my, um, my, where my dad, the church, my dad grew up in the church. My parents were married in the church that my, my dad's parents were very active and involved. And because my family was active and involved, I was active and involved. I was right. heavily involved. I was a leader as a youth in the church. Um, church was also a place of um, anxiety for me as a, a young boy who knew at a very young age that I was gay. And it was a place where I was ridiculed by people who were related to me. Um, it was a place where I didn't think as a young man that I always felt that I could grow because I was always told to shut up or stay in a child's place. Um, it was also a place of that created a lot, caused a lot of anxiety. So I know I told this story at one of our earlier podcasts because we we've we've done a good number of podcast episodes, you know. Say for a few weeks being missed, we still we're doing good. But right. um, I loved. There was one pastor who I absolutely adored. He was the my first pastor, and he's he's deceased now. Um, there was a lot of some goings on in the church, and there was a strike in our church during service. He was standing up and he was preaching. And a group of people who didn't want him there were shouting at him, and they were shouting some type of organized shout. I don't remember what it was, but I can remember their faces. And I was so sad because I loved him, and he loved 
us. He loved the kids. When we were saying, he'd say, oh, my babies. Like, <laughs> he was so proud of us. Um, his wife at the time was a, is a remarkable woman. Um, he had a beautiful daughter um, and a son. And um, they fought to get him kicked out of their church. Now, it's been reported that he did some unsavory things. And that's not my place. That's not my story to tell. Um, but I remember the anger and the, the frustration on the faces of people who were, who were yelling to get him out of the church. And when he left, I, I was so sad. You know, we, some of my cousins and I started a group trying to get him back. We didn't realize we didn't have any power. We had, we were powerless. We all know the power belongs to the deacons anyway. So (laughs) that's that. But, um, the, the succession of ministers was so strange to me. Um, I remember some moments that I won't talk about on here, but with my first pastor that, that stick in my head, he was not a perfect person. In fact, you know, quite flawed, but he loved, you know, and he loved me and I I loved him too. Um, I, I, I didn't, you know, when I would see him, it was always, he always, you know, he looked at me, he put his hands on my shoulder and he would look me directly in my eyes and he would talk to me. And I, I just, I, I cared a lot about him. And he was the first, he was the first religious figure, you know, that I, that I, that I knew, you know, he was all I knew. So then after they hauled him up on our church, uh, they, we had another minister who looked like Santa Claus, um, okay. like a dark, a dark brown Santa Claus twinkle in his eye you know, a little beard. He was a sweet man. Very, very sweet man. They didn't like, people, the church, Congress didn't like him. They didn't, because he, he didn't support mess. He was just a, a loving person. Now, his wife, she kept a screw face, be, meaning like, you weren't finna try her. She was coming down to this, you know, this, this country-ass town, you know, um, and she loved and supported and was devoted to her husband. He had a, a older and an, an adult daughter who sang down, and she would come and she would sing um, and sing herself happy, and he, um, as sweet as he was, he knew that he was n- no match for that church. The the anger and the just the, just the, the nature of the church, you know, and he stepped down um, during a sermon. I remember it. And people were so heartbroken. Child, then we got this golden child. He came to our church like, like like he was riding on the back of a, of a donkey of an ass. Um, And and that word ass can be used however you want it to be used. This man, this tall, like broad shoulders, you know, light skinned, freckle faced man came in with this this equally tall um wife who was built like Serena Williams, um, who who when he was trying to get as we say, get the church, uh, she would sing, you know, after he preached and she sang down too. We wanted that man so bad. I was a I was a kid, you know, I was like eleven or twelve and um when we when he became the pastor of our church, we were so happy. We were so happy to have him, and that honeymoon ended quickly. Um, but I didn't see it on my end. 
So he was encouraging me to like, because I was a, a leader of the church as a, as a kid. He would encourage me to write these, um, these. Uh, so we, I would give like keynotes and stuff like that. The I would give the, I would give the the occasion, the welcoming occasion mm-hmm. of the event, and I just threw away one of the speeches that I wrote um, on why it's important to give the pastor money. Oh. Did I show you that? No. It's a mess. I'm glad I threw it away. It's I was basically I, scripturally bound too. I had the, the scriptures for you, but but when I look at what I was writing as a 16 year old boy, it was like, you got a lot of growing up to do, kid. Um, he uh, ravaged our church. I have I don't have a problem saying that. He completely obliterated our church. He sent he sent the congregation fleeing. People were scattering. Um, my late great grandmother said, and I'll keep this on my heart forever. She said, "Shepherd, where are your sheep?" <laughs> she let him know that you know. But the thing that I'll never forget is how my uncle, my my dad's youngest brother, had a lot of stuff going on, and he came back to the church, you know, rededicated his life to Christ, and. Everybody was so excited, so happy. And, you know, it seemed like things were turning around, you know, for my uncle. And then my grandfather started to get sick. And when my grandfather died, my grandfather was superintendent of our church. When my grandfather died, um, this, this man officiated his funeral. or He eulogized it. And... I'm I'm skipping a part because I think I mentioned it in one of the one of the podcasts, but we didn't know whether my uncle was gonna say something to him or not because my we feel like my grandfather died without peace in our church, our home church. Mm-hmm. Um, but them those elders did everything they can to, they could to get him out of there. So the honeymoon ended when he posted signs on the door saying women with wearing pants will not be permitted into the church. Oh, okay. Yes. So he was one of those. He's one of those. Um, I'm not going to get into the financial stuff because that, that's it's kind of beyond what I understand. But when I talk about religion, I want to make something very, 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 very clear. Um, it's not always cut and dry. Sometimes religions borrow from one another. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. So the church was having a, the congregation was having a problem with this pastor these folks took some salt and and circled the building Mm-mm. with the salt Mm-mm. in an effort to keep him out of that church. Child, that's a little, never mind. Okay. So I was listening to because I this is a, a, me going on a little side quest. I've been I've been studying African traditional religions and things like that and I was listening to a song where there was call and response and you know, in the black church, especially with hymns, it's a lot of call and response. Right. And so it just, to me, it's remarkable that, you know, certain practices that we would deem to be witchcraft or or are or, or filled with the devil, we borrow Hindu, from. They're right. borrowed from, you know. So I'm, I'm not saying, you know, just, you know, take everything in. You know, what I'm saying is that there are a lot of traditions and there are a lot of customs within the black church that stem from a lot of these earlier practices, but I digress. 
they was lining the church child with with, with uh circling the church with, with salt. That man walked right on in, did sure. not care. <laughs> he, he did not care. But um what I really want to talk about is is um some of the pain that um that I have have felt, you know, with encounters of people from the black church. I remember um so my when my grandmother passed away, my my dad's mom, um, her son eulogized her funeral, and if anybody's listening to this, please know that I'm not talking bad about my uncle. I'm just saying things that I witnessed. So my grandmother touched a lot of people. She was a she was a well liked woman. You know, Mama Let was just one in a million. Like I don't, I really, I think the the sad part about life for me, is that there will never be another Mamalette, you know. Um, she was just, she was remarkable. And I'm, I know people can say that about their grandma, you know. Because um, Mary. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. It's just, but, it's just yeah. like, like, grandparents are different. <laughs> They're different. I don't know about these new grandparents. These, but, no, not, 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 not Shanisha them. Not, not these, not, if, if you if, never mind, never mind. <laughs> um, but, um, so, Shit, I lost it. Um, so yeah, at my grandmother's funeral, um, my uncle said something a bit disrespectful about Catholics, and there were Catholics in in the in the church um, at at the funeral, and I just felt I felt it to be a little disrespectful, you know that that he couldn't read the room and know that this was not about um, Christian politics. But it was about the life of of the legacy of someone that we all were there to love, and so there's there's a, there's also there's always a lot of infighting. There's always a lot of infighting within church among the the you know um, the denominations, and I just felt that it was a little low for him to mention. And I was I looked at two people who I know are Catholic that were at the at the funeral, and I got a little shame, you know, secondhand shame. But um, oddly enough. This same uncle at his first church, I was there. I think I was I was 19, 18 or 19, maybe 20, 21. I don't know. I'm trying. That's somewhere around now. No older than 22. I went to his church. They always asked me to come to his church and sing because he had a – his, his church was very small. Like, my office might be bigger than the church. Oh, but uh, it was well. a very, very, very small church. And there was this woman, rest her soul, she's deceased now, she came there. She was a traveling prophetess. Mm. And um, after I sang, she sang. And, you For know, what? it's something. Ab- but, yes, that. But, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's something about them singers in the black church. You're, not, you're just not going to get them everywhere. You're not going to. I think, I think, I think Leandria Johnson is, one, is not the last. She's one of the last of the. And she young, she's closer to our age, but she's yeah. one of the last of the the singers, you know, that that um, that come from the church, you know, that we can relate to in, in some way, shape, or form. Cause she ain't that far from us, you know. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So after the woman sang down, she came down the 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 um, she's walking down the altar, down the, and started uh, prophesying. 
And I was trying to get as far away from her as I can because if you know like I know, she was finna find something. So <laughs> she came and she looked at me and she said, young man, you can sing, but you need to let that thing go. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And I said, yes, yes, ma'am. And what she was talking about was me being gay. Right. Now, you ain't got to be a prophetess to look at me, at the, especially at that time, and see that I was, sh- boy, I had bracelets all up and down my arm. <laughs> Shirt was tucked in tight. Booty was tooted and scooted. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> I, it didn't take, it didn't take a lot for her to look at me and, and, and assume that maybe I'm gay. She didn't even, she didn't even say your gayness. She said, you let that, turn that thing loose. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I said, yes, ma'am. And my mom asked me, what did she say to you? And I never told her. I, <laughs> I'm gonna be careful. Um, my, my mother, hmm. My mother's church, um, one of the former pastors there, he, uh, he posted this, this, this uh, meme that said, um, I love all homosexuals. I do not agree with the homosexual lifestyle, but I'll love you and pray for you. And I, it, it said something to that effect. It was, on, it was a blue, it was blue and it had white letters. And... I don't know why that he felt the need to post that. I don't know if he felt he was offering support, but it was very weird. It's like, okay, so you offering support, are you defending and protecting or or what? Or are you just you just putting it up there just to just to put it up there mm-hmm. to have a stance. Mm-hmm. But um you know coming out to my parents or well, to my mom and then she told my dad was was extremely hard because I knew that they were going to come with you know um biblical things and, and and things like that but but i hid i hid in the quote unquote closet for so many years because i was afraid that people would would say you know would, would quote the bible and use the bible to um attack me and i've i've gotten it before but as i've gotten older it, i just i've gotten i wouldn't say i've i should say i've gotten more fearful but it was like the, this impending doom. Like, I knew I was going to have to come out sooner or later. And, you know, even though I'm not Christian in, Christian anymore, I still, love, I still love going to church. You know, I still love church. But it's different. You know, I, before, before I became Muslim, I was going to a church called Friends Church. And the music might not have been what, you know, I'm used to. <laughs> but the message... The message is, has always been about love. Yeah. You know, so one of the things about about churches that are predominantly black is that um, you show up to show out. Child. <laughs> okay. In every way, child. You show up to show out in your with 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 your finest attire on. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because when I started going to churches that were non-denominational or predominantly white. I noticed a bit of relaxed, you know, like child, who, what, these men got their toes out at church, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, flip flops and stuff like that. That's new to me, right. you know, because you're not gonna go to a black church. When well, something these new they do churches. they 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 wear flip. They had their toes out at the church. Some of these newer churches, 
So, no, at the church that I currently go to, mm-hmm. well, because I technically go to two, mm-hmm. but the one that I say I'm a member at, because I love them, it's a real relaxed church. You can come up there, like, people come up there, like, dressed as whatever, and there's a person that I specifically know who comes up there with his toes out. Wow. That's new to me. And he preaches. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and like, so it's just, and, and, a sh- and shout out to them. You know, I just, I think that there's a, there's been a lot of judgment um, passed in, in a lot of the churches that are predominantly black. And so when we talk about judgment, um, we could talk about, let's talk about Kim Burrell. Yeah. So before I mention Kim Burrell, I want, I want it to be very, to, I want it to be clear that I have the utmost respect for black people who, you know, love Jesus. I love Jesus, you know, who love Jesus and are committed to um, empowering their community through their own beliefs. That's, to me, that's what a church is supposed to be about. But we've moved into this interesting era of um, exclusivity. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what I mean by that, and I'm going to use Kim Burrell as an example. Um, you know, whenever someone has an opinion about someone else, it's always seen as you're being sensitive or, or you don't understand. But the, the Bible talks about making things plain. The Bible talks about, you know, like how, you know, we shouldn't have confusion in, in, in ways and places and spaces where, where God is the center. You know, I think that it's important to have as little confusion as possible. Um, Kim Burrell has come up um, in conversations for years now because of some of the things that she says, you know, not even just related to the LGBTQ community. She said, she said, let God be true quickly. quickly." (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) I I can't even, I can't even, I can't even hold you. I ain't gonna hold you. That that shit had me laughing. Um, But um, I remember the, well, I won't say the first folly, but the first major folly was when, she um, made some disparaging remarks about about gay well, people. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Because some some of these people may not even know who Kimberell is. Oh yeah, that's right. That's so, right. So Kimber- <laughs> <laughs> like, we just started I'm talking. All family here, child. So Kimberell is this um, well known uh, gospel singer. She has a raspy voice, and she knows the scales up and down like no other. Mm-hmm. She is truly a gifted person and Period. a well known you know person in the black church community. But she is rude as fuck she is tasteless <laughs> like she just i mean she speaks her mind but she's also well at one point she was a pastor in houston and she ain't said nothing about no services recently so i guess she don't have that church no more no shade but you know she's well known well respected but she has known to be very controversial with the shit that she says so that's who that's we good. are talking about that's good so i don't want to I don't want to nitpick on on every little bit, every individual detail. But you you touched on some things. That that's what I want to touch on. So, um, I for those of you who who aren't familiar with her, she, as Josh mentioned, she said she she is this. <laughs> I've never heard anyone sing like Kimberell sings. She she has what Christians would call black Christians, especially would call an anointing. <laughs> Um, that's subjective. But well, okay. yeah, subjective. Yeah. Definitely, everything is subjective, yeah. you know. Um, in my opinion, she sings down. 
Um, I, I, I've seen videos of Kim Burrell um, re, as a in rebuttal to some of the things that people are saying about her, and I want to talk about exclusivity a bit. Um, so, Kim Burrell just she popped up on our radar because of a video that she posted talking about ugly people, and when I when I watched it. I watched the video and we're going to share a few seconds of, of a clip that where she's speaking. When I watched the video, I listened to her words. And when you are elevated to a place seemingly higher than God, you are beyond reproach. No one can tell you anything. And when someone tries to tell you something, if they are not a member of your circle, your congregation, they can't say anything to you. Now, you might say, well, that's just confidence, and that's just knowing who you belong to and where you belong. I understand that. I just think that we're all, we're all still learning. I think that we can learn from people young and old. I do roll my eyes sometimes when young people tell me stuff, you know, but I understand that in order to be wise, like you have to learn from people from all walks of life. And some people take on this position, this haughty position of well, of being well-educated and they have yet to understand or share perspective with anybody just because they don't look, think, or believe the way they do. Like it's, it's, and so they're protected by this false sense of confidence, of Christ confidence. When really, if you want to reach people, sometimes you have to let that barrier down and understand that there are things that you may not know and understand. And uh, what, what I struggle with, especially with a lot of these black, um, you know, gospel artists or black, you know, uh, ministers um, and followers of Christ is that you can't tell them anything if you're not a part of their camp. So they refuse to learn things from people who are of the world because people who are of the world can't. But I guarantee you, if, if you look at this woman and you look at everything she has on, everything from, from her hair, amen, mm. to <laughs> to her boots, um, no shade, <laughs> something. Sorry. Not everything was made by a Christian person. So Sorry. you have the confidence that those boots are not going to fail you even though they have. Or that that wig is not... But blended, amen. But no, no, and, and and so so what we what we're doing right now is is exactly what she talks about. You know it, what she calls an attack. We're just being we're just having some fun quips, but it's because she can say whatever she wants because her community understands her. It doesn't matter what the world is saying, but we're not necessarily. I mean, you could call us worldly people, but we understand God. We understand. We know who Jesus is, and. The thing about sometimes these these super pseudo spiritual people is that they can dish it, but they can't take it, and they they believe that they have reserved the right to always dish it and never take it. That's my biggest issue with with Kim Burrell is that she can dish it and she expects you to take it, and if you can't take it, then beloved, there's just something wrong with you. And uh, Amen. Like that's just how she. So so this this this. Before she sang, which was the only reason why she was um, uh, booked to come to this, <laughs> this, uh, this church, she decided to talk about ugliness and how you should choose up. And being, as someone from the church who has been raised in the church, I, I tried to listen objectively. I tried to listen without bias 
because it's it, it, now it's not easy. It's it's it, sometimes it's hard, especially if someone if you're used to someone saying trash, especially if it's presented. If you could, if you present, I don't care if someone made a a, a five star Michelin meal. If you serve it to me on a, on a, in a trash can lid, I'm gonna be a little skeptical about eating it. True, but. But I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they washed the lid. Maybe the lid was never used. You know. So let me <laughs> let me new. let me dive in. So um, I dove into the video, and she started by talking about how you should choose up and how you should basically interview people before making them your friends. You know, how long have you been broke? You know, how long have you been you know um, putting you know turning the lights on in your children's name? You know, right. Amen. You know, uh, and that. So I'm gonna stop right there. Let me let me see. I don't know if we had it queued up, but we get friends. We have to do an interview. How long have you been broke? How many times have you changed your name on your light bill? <laughs> How many of your bills in your little cousin's name? <laughs> do you live in a trailer home or a house? Okay, let's stop right there. Ooh, so so let me nasty. let me let me be let me be clear. I'm I'm gonna be real. I'm a very sensitive person. But that isn't that's not a negative thing. It's not negative to be sensitive. I'm sensitive to the things that people say if I know that that their intentions are wrong. And so the rebuttal throughout this whole video is that, you know, this talks to the exclusivity. If you're not if you know if you're not of God, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, there's there's humor in that. And my thing is simply this. If you have a message, so let me go back to the speaking in tongues. Um, I mentioned Kenneth Copeland earlier. Um, I read that book because I wanted to know where my where my tongues came from, and how you and how I, I learned that it's it's like a water faucet. You have to turn it on. You have to have faith to turn it on, and you learn how to turn it off. You know what I'm saying? Like God is not going to just set some words in your spirit and make your mouth move. You have what I was taught was that you have to have faith to believe that there's a word that's going to going to come up come out of your mouth and utterance that that might not be, you know, you might others might not understand it. You know, but I also learned, you know, that someone should be there to interpret, you know, and sure. and and that interpreter is someone who is going to edify the congregation. And so so I'm going to take it back, go back to to what I what I'm saying when you when something if you are in a position of power, especially in a religious position of power, and you're standing, you know, um, at that sacred desk, child, and you're standing at that holy desk, and utterances are coming out of your mouth, it's important that the things that you say edify the entire congregation. Now, there are people who are going to sit the there. Word. There are people who are going to sit there, and, and they're going to have their arms folded, or they're not going to. Sometimes they can't process things. You know, um, maybe comprehension is a struggle for them, but. As a self-professed woman of God, when something comes out of your mouth, be sure that that the congregation either knows that you're just joking, or they they understand that there's there should be some lightheartedness in this. Because sometimes one of the things that that's been hard for me, I'm a and this is I'm so glad we are talking about this, and don't let me bulldoze this, Josh. I want to hear your <laughs> yeah. voice, but. You know how she when she was she just just talking about you know friends and you know we're gonna talk about the trailer part in a bit because we're gonna get there. Um, it's the amens for me. It's the people amen amen. Uh, right. So I, I mentioned this in our in one of our podcasts, but I I, I have to mention it now um, because I was that little that little queer little boy sitting in the in the um, in the pews whenever pastors were making remarks about gay people. 
Um, I was at church with my ex-boyfriend who struggled going to church with me because of what it looked like. Um, and I see that now. He he hadn't grown, you know, and, and it's okay, you know. But we were sitting in church, and his mother's pastor uh, said he needed someone to mow his yard. And, you know, little boys were raising their hands because he was going to pay them, allegedly. And so he said, wait a minute now. I don't want no little sissies, all right? I don't need no little weak sissies mowing my yard. Mm, and the church sad. erupted in laughter and amens. And I watched a little boy put his hand down. I watched him. And I'm not going to say he was sad, but it was almost like he was found out. You know, oh, that, then I, that means I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Mm. And although... There might have been some humor in what that man was saying. He might have been just playing. There was some, a shred of truth in there. He didn't. He don't want no. Right, you said it for a no reason. No punks, you know. But also, what he didn't realize was that he was he was sealing, like this this. It's almost like a mental casket of a little kid, a little boy who wants to be able to 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 be in communicate in, in community with his pastor you know, with the shepherd, the angel of the house, and he can't because there's something in him that he's afraid is going to be found out. Now, I'm not saying all, because all, all gay, gay boys were, were, didn't grow up effeminate or soft, because that's not true. But what I'm saying is that among the congregation might be somebody who doesn't understand your message and your delivery, and they mistake your message for something, and it's up to you as a leader of that church to make it plain. It's up to you to make it plain. And so my feelings are not hurt by Kim Burrell. I'm a little disgusted. Absolutely. I'm Indeed. definitely disgusted because she can say what she wants. And those select few people are going to say amen and they're going to laugh. But there's people in that audience who live in a trailer. Right. Right. Oh, and so Jesus. she follows up by saying, I'm not talking. I'm not. This is not about material things. But of course, then what it is. is it about? Why of she mentioned it? There, first, let me let me be very clear. Child, my mama wanted a manufactured home for years. I had to talk her out of it. I was like, girl, <laughs> no. Get you a house that's built on so, on a solid foundation. Uh, we we live weird. in a place that floods, okay? But but there are people who don't come from money. There are people who don't have the gift that Kim Burrell has. There are people who are who their their starting point might be in a trailer. And so there are people that she's ostracizing by her words, and you can't talk to Kim Burrell. Like you can't, you can't correct Kim Burrell because she gonna come back and amen and and that that it's that fake phony ass smile that that mm -hmm. that Christians do when they when they trying to get you together. And like you know because you know only you know the, the word of God is gonna be say man, so I'm gonna get on here. And it's like, where's your humanity? They don't Where, have none. Your humanity and your humility because you're showing haughtiness. You're showing that you're beyond reproach, and Kimberell is not the it's not the problem child. It's so many people that think that are nastier than her. It's the church because the fact that they because she sings well, they allow her to say what the fuck yes. that she wants to say. You know, Ooh, and you said you touched that, and they feel like they, if they say anything to her, she'll never come back to our events, our program. So they gonna say amen. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of them agree with her, but a lot of them are saying amen just because mm -hmm. they ain't trying to. They trying to make sure she comes back. You said something. Child. You said something about about because she sings well. When you, when you are, 
when you are talented and you're in the church, you're uh, you're anointed, but <laughs> it means me being churchy. You're appointed, meaning that you your opinion sits above so many others just because you have talent. And I've I've found that some of the some of the nastiest people the most are, are the ones that are most talented because they have a ticket they've arrived there's nothing that you can say to them mm-hmm. because of because they're so talented because obviously that talent comes from god but i think that with that talent comes so much responsibility and when you're she says something I, I, we got to play this clip because this is a it's not about kimberrell this this pop but but it kind of is um <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me see. You live in a trailer home or a house, you know, you understand. And it's not about status or material things. It's just about choices. <sighs> so she says it's not about status and material things. It's just about choices. But but just before that, she said, do you live in a trailer or, or, or a house? Like, right, and that's how you're supposed to be gauging your friends. So if it's not about material things, Miss Mamas, then what is it about? And again, she's ostracizing people who don't live in houses, you know, and <laughs> we, man, we could go all day long. But think about, you know, in, in Christianity, the Great Commission, you know, and, and how as Christians you're supposed to go out and and preach the gospel to other Christians. So so what you're saying is that when you're choosing friends, you need to make sure you choose friends who are equal or on the same level or elevated higher than you. But if they're ele- elevated higher than what, how do you know they're going to be your friend because right. you're down there? So so then the word of God is lost up, upon, you know, is, is not being taught. You know, if this is what you believe, I'm just saying it, it is it is so hypocritical for someone to say, choose up. You know, it, it choose up because what if someone who's up is not choosing it's you? Not like, choosing you, like it's not about. This is not what the. It's what what gets at me is that there is no one, in her circle, in her camp, in her denomination, in her faith, that could ever sit with her and say, you know what, I love you, I love the gift that God is giving you, but my sister, you are wrong. And she is beyond reproach. And her response to the the backlash is no different than her response to the backlash when she was saying stuff and when she got, when she got um uh, after the um the whole Pharrell situation um when they kicked her off of the performance or whatever anyway yeah. um <laughs> I, I I I struggle with this video because you know it's the amens it's it's even the weak amens kind of like amen you know don't just say amen because somebody of in a position of power is standing before you. Like, if you feel that she's wrong, like, I, I wish somebody would stand up and say, you know what, sister, you're wrong. But then they'll say, oh, that's an evil spirit. Right. That's, a, that's a spirit who's in the world. But because, you just encouraged it with mm, your amen. Just <laughs> so this next part. Just about choices. You know, life is different now. And, you know, we are at church. Thank God we're here. Those of us who walk in by faith without a mask and no vaccine. All right. I'm disgusted. So that is just a bit of irresponsibility. <laughs> is that a word? Irresponsibility? Um, so mm, I think that people forget um, that life is not just about them and that the choices that they make 
that they make, that those choices impact and affect other people. And I think that it's very selfish. It's very selfish, a bit tone deaf, um, for someone to stand up and claim that they're walking, they're they're walking, you know, standing on faith by not wearing a mask and and not being vaccinated. Because I, someone in the, in that church in that congregation was impacted by COVID nineteen. Somebody, somebody, somebody lost someone who was impacted by COVID nineteen. So while people say Amen, this false sense of 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 religious freedom is being spewed by by this woman, like. I'm not trying to make her out to be the bad girl, the bad guy. You know, I'm just saying that that she's there's a lot of responsibility that she has, you know, as she, as she says on her platform, you know, and and she's just throwing that responsibility to the wayside. And again, this podcast episode is not just about Kim Burrell, but I mean, when we talk about the black church, like we're talking about personalities and and ways that that continue to persist within religion and especially among black people. And this is an example of that 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 way that that the way of speaking and talking to people. Oh, it gets it gets much worse. Please hold please. Uh, this part. Because one thing I love about him, he's deep in the word, but he knows how to have great humanity. And most don't understand his personality because he is truth personified. And he tells the type of truth that makes most uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. I like uncomfortable. that. Um the type of truth that makes most uncomfortable. I, I struggle with that too because this this woman believes that her truth is the only truth. And so when you say something to her about her character, she becomes uncomfortable. <laughs> and she responds, um, either sitting, you know, in, in her in her room or in her her many acres of land because it's not about material things um and so um so as long as she lives inside her truth that is her fortress and as long as she lives inside her fortress of truth with her bible and with people who guard her you know guard her you know these are people who are saying amen amen she will never have to be corrected she will never have to stand before anyone and say i was wrong anyone but god rather you know if and, and again if, if you're not if you're not christian religious or spiritual this might not be your tea but this is just kind of what we're talking about on today on today <laughs> well friends listen we said a lot of things and i honestly feel like <laughs> child if you want to be super spiritual by the devil just don't want us to have good things but we <laughs> said a lot of we, we were talking about Kim Burrell, and you know what? Maybe this is maybe this is a sign that we need to just wrap it up and make it plain. Um, so this is not public enemy number one. This is not someone who is against all things and all people. But what I think that we are talking about is taking responsibility for the words that you say and for the things that you say and for the ways that people interpret your words in, in this exclusivity that the church has people saying, you know, well, you know, you're not going to get her, her humor, you know, if you're not in the, in the church. And, and that's what we're talking about. 
my issue with people like Kim Burrell is that they can't be touched. They're beyond reproach. We said so many, we had so many nuggets, so many morsels for y'all. And for whatever reason, um, this hating ass computer is not, did not save that. So, um, we have an opportunity to wrap it up and make it plain. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to very quickly, um, shout out to one of our, uh, devoted listeners, Heather, I just want to thank you so much for, 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 uh, writing in. Um, and I don't, I don't want to skip past this, but I'm a little perturbed because we, we had such a robust (laughs) podcast episode and Josh ended it with, (laughs) it was, (laughs) it was beautiful. And you know what? It's, it's all right. It's all good (laughs) because we're, we're, we're learning that, 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 Recording a podcast sometimes means that there are technical difficulties and things are Bonky going to happen. Technical difficulties. And it wasn't, man, it was like chef's kiss. Oh, I, I'm so sorry, Josh. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was absolutely. So, so again, um, Heather, I just want to thank you for um, just, just writing in. Um, um, I'm going to read. Continued support. Yeah, I'm going to read a little bit. You know, Heather said, you know, um, let me tell you something. The grin on my face, it's going to get stuck that way. Uh, if you do that monkey sound one more time, I'm going to fall out laughing again. It's so funny to me. Josh, you were opening up there real good, then caught yourself again. Child, at this point, with things getting cut off, he might not have opened up again. So, <laughs> so sorry. A sign. She asked, uh, you know, so um, she said she said a lot of good things, a lot of sweet things to us. And, and Heather, trust me, I read it out in full in la- the last iteration of this episode, but Things happen, and we got to go eat some beans, child. Um, but she said, Josh, how are you and New Bay doing? Still I don't have one of those. I don't know who you're talking about. Thing back. Yes, Josh is still attracted to William from Girlfriends. Bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, she asked, what is our opinion on Break My Soul? I, I, It took me two listens. Me about five. Um, when I heard Big Frida, I was ready. My soul was ready. Um, and like I said, you know, Beyonce didn't come stomping in. She was already in the room. Like, girl, I'm I'm here. So, um, I love the song. Again, we mentioned it earlier. The song is for the girls, and you know, in if you can't get with that, you know, it's it's you know, I will, Heather, try to start watching P Valley. Um, Josh and I both wrapped up uh, Legendary. Um, yes. It's it's a great show. Great show. Go um, watch it. I, I fuck with the with the the judges. Um, I, at first, I was trying to figure out what some of these straight women were doing on the show, but I mean, I, I also understand there are straight women in ballroom, and so it's it's, it's there's room for everyone. Um, so again, Heather, thank you so much. Um, my child, please, is from this whole ass computer. <laughs> um, Same. Gosh, it. Oh, Josh, you are. You are comedic genius, and I hope you continue to ride that wave because now you've always made me laugh. But your timing was perfect, and it sucks that the world will never get to hear that morsel of of, of comedic Child. beauty. Maybe one day. Child, I don't know how <laughs> I, that just happened. We were doing so good. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take our time. Kimberly prayed. You know, she must have been. She, she was praying. She must have been because I hear we were. somebody talking about We me. were grilling her. <laughs> we were grilling her, child. You know what I'm saying? Boy, that, 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 never mind. You know what I'm saying? So, <sighs> to all of y'all out there, it does not cost anything 
to just be kind. It does not cost anything to, to you don't have to always open your mouth and, and speak about things that have nothing to do with you. And calling someone ugly, thinking that it's, it's you know, the jargon, the jargon is, is spiritual, you know, let that shit rest. I, I hate that this that this episode got cut short because we didn't get to we we really we really we went there we, we dug did. in there we dove in there. But you know I think as as adults and as people who understand that you know people are imperfect, um, you got to also understand that for yourself people are imperfect. So when you call somebody ugly and they have a response, understand that 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 your words I don't know why but they hold weight and 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 words mean things. So when something comes out of your mouth, if it's not edifying, you need to watch it. Especially when you're in a position of power and I think we were talking about that too. There are people who abuse their positions of power um all the time and they they're supposed to be stewards. You're supposed to be stewards, not dictators. And so with that, we're gonna make sure that this that this last little bit gets recorded. Um, I am so upset, <laughs> but we're grateful and thankful for all of you who um, have shown your love and support to us uh, throughout. You know this these past few episodes, we haven't quite hit a year yet, but when we do Not hit a year, we gonna figure something out. You know, and and maybe um in our, at our 100th episode we do something live i think that a live event would be great and we'll talk about that a little but bit are later y'all coming are y'all coming it, listen if you're in the Bryan college station area houston area dallas area austin area. austin area and you listen to our podcast please 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 tell your friends and family that we have a podcast no it's not for children no it's not for the faint of heart so if if we do cuss we cuss a lot. a lot and we're continuing to grow and change as individuals. And if you're not growing, you're not changing. And what are you really doing? So um, that's that. I wish that somebody <laughs> could have heard the last part of this episode <laughs> where Josh simply shitted oh my God. on all of y'all. <laughs> and with that, what? with a broken heart. And a broken soul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm signing out. Uh, Bye. Bye. <laughs>